It's the Almost Perfect Podcast. Welcome to the Almost Perfect Podcast. You know what this is, you know who I am, and yeah, it's just you and me hanging out once again, because I'll be honest with you, been a little bit busy this week, and people aren't getting back to me, people are taking their time, uh, some people just have no fucking clue who I am, and so communicating with them and getting them to be a part of this thing is being a little bit of a struggle, and lately I've been a little bit preoccupied with some other things, so sorry, no no guests this week, although as soon as I stop this episode, I'm going to reach out to some more people, uh, I am in conversation with a couple people to get them on the podcast, but I might as well start some more conversations, and hopefully... Uh, that'll lead to you hearing some more conversations with some dope guests. But like I say, I've been pretty busy this week. My week started off by meeting up with Abby Hudson, who is a comedian here in Durban and someone who I've worked with for, on a number of different projects over the years, especially Zakifo. Uh, she was Gabby's right-hand woman for a number of different things and also helped stage manage and do... All the things required around the back end of that. So I dig working with her. I think she's a great person in general. And I think she's really funny. So I messaged her and was like, hey, do you want to you wanna do some comedy things? And you want to, you know, do those things with me? And she was like, yeah, let's do those things. So we're going to be organizing some shows together under the brand of Not Quite Right Comedy. And yeah, already some interesting ideas coming along with that. So we might do some comedy at coffee shop. We're going to be doing some comedy at a house. That's definitely going to be happening. And yeah, going to be approaching a few different venues and seeing, seeing what we can do. You know, I've got some ideas I want to do. I did mention it on Facebook and put it out there that I want to kind of, you know, before I used to do underground comedy at the Winston, which happened every Wednesday and was meant to kind of be an incubator space for, you know, up and coming comedians and also just a place for older comedians to try new material. And I think it worked for a while, but due to personal differences with uh, some of the comedians and also the gig not really drawing as many people as I would have liked and kind of needed it to, to keep it going. Uh, yeah, we shut it down, and now I'm looking to get back in the game, man, and I'm gonna do shorter lineups with, I think, stronger comedians, and just try and create a more, I don't know, just a more professional kind of gig, uh, than, than I've done before, you know? Um, I also do need to try and figure out some sort of open mic thing so that I can practice, you know, so that I can test out material, because, uh, y'all, I've been writing a hell of a lot, I've been rewriting a hell of a lot, but I've been really in the zone this week, it's been fucking cool, like, I've been rewriting, it's not the end of the world, well, the end of the world, so that it is now, it's not the end of the world, so just getting rid of some jokes that just don't work anymore, trying to rewrite some of them, and yeah, just, as things are going, just flowing with the stuff, and just finding new ideas, finding new avenues, finding different ways to approach things. And I'm hoping once I eventually get on stage, this stuff works because yeah, it's a lot of prep for 
it's crazy like the amount of hours that like i'll put into stuff before getting on stage and then you like talking for like 20 minutes meanwhile that's been 10 15 20 hours you know of just scribbling of just changing word order of you know finding more like i said like finding more avenues to explore you know like i'll have a joke and that'll be the joke and then a couple of days later i'll think of something to add to that and add that to that bit and then Within that, you go, oh, maybe I could do this. Maybe I could do that. And then a one-liner joke becomes, you know, two minutes. And then that two minutes becomes five. And, you know, once again, I'm saying all of this. And I have no clue how any of this is going to work on a stage. So I'm definitely a little nervous. I'm definitely a little, like, anxious about getting back on stage. Because I know... I know what the comedy journey is like. I've been doing it for a long time. And a part of me feels like... You could have got out, bro. No one, no one would have held it against you if you just like did something else. But there is this insatiable need inside of me to reinterpret the world through jokes and then tell those jokes on stage to strangers and hopefully get those strangers to go, ha, that was funny. Ah, I never thought of it that way. And yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of the goal. So we'll see, we'll see how that goes, but I'm excited, um, super excited, like I say, like Abby and I have some, like we're on a similar wavelength, we've got some good ideas, and I'm keen to see what we can do over the next year when it comes to our comedy, you know, and what sort of bridges can be built around the country with different comedians and yeah, see, I don't know, man, like, I do think Durban comedy can be, and South African comedy in general can be a bit of a boys club, so I want to see if I can try and have a little bit of an influence in changing that, and see what we can do with that guideline in mind, you know, but I don't know, I say a lot of things about, like, Durban comedy and South African comedy, but I don't really know anymore, like, I haven't been a part of the scene for a long time, but I just, like, two years, basically, because of uh, a little thing called a pandemic. But, yeah, I see I see lineups, and I'm always a bit like, yo, 10 dudes on a lineup. That's uh, it's an interesting interesting way to go about things. But at the same time, I know that, you know, the comedy scene isn't exactly that inviting towards women a lot of the time. And especially, like, jokes can be super homophobic and super misogynistic and transphobic and just you know, not exactly progressive, um, I think that's a problem everywhere, but definitely something we still deal with in South Africa, and I mean, clearly it's something that we're still dealing with, because I don't know if you've seen Dave Chappelle's new show, uh, I can't even remember what it was called now, but yeah, I watched it the other day, and like, I love Dave Chappelle, I mean, I grew up watching him, he's definitely a huge influence, and I think a lot of what he's done over the years, you know, is super important and super interesting and got a lot of respect for him. But, yo, like, that dude just keeps, like, treading the same fucking water. And I don't know, like, it's not like he's always made the best points uh, throughout these comedy specials that he's done for Netflix, or at least in my opinion. Like, I think there's a lot of hypocrisy in what he says and a lot of short-sightedness and I don't know, I just don't think a lot of it's that funny, which I think is also the big thing. Like, don't think it's clever, I don't think it's very good. 
Um, I do think he makes some points, especially when it comes to like Twitter mobs and that sort of thing, and does make some interesting, you know, points about race and all of that. But at the same time, I think he does miss that a lot of people who are part of the LGBTQI plus community um, are black. <laughs> like I think he sometimes uh, forgets that and doesn't realize exactly. I don't know, man. He just like so my issue at the moment, I guess, is just that when I look at you know comedy history, I look at George Carlin and I look at Richard Pryor, and like Richard Pryor's like said and done a lot of fucked up shit, but at the same time, it always felt like somewhat progressive, you know, not even somewhat incredibly progressive, especially for the time. You know, he spoke truth, he spoke honestly. And I think Dave is speaking honestly, but it's almost reactionary and not, I don't know, not revolutionary, not really, it's part of the status quo. And I think the thing that good stand-up comedy has always done is like reflected the status quo and shown why it's incorrect. And Dave, to me, with this special and with most of his specials, like, I really enjoyed Bird Revelations, but the others, less so, and it is because, yeah, it just feels like he's the old man shouting at the clouds, and hasn't really caught on with the vibe, you know, like, the progressive vibe, and, like, for me, I've always just appreciated comedians who are pushing things forward, like I say, like Colin, like Pryor, like those dudes were revolutionaries in their time. You know, they really did things differently to the way they were done at the time. You know, like you really don't like unless I mean, I've been reading a few different books like I've read I'm Dying Up Here. And then this other book, I can't remember the name of it, but it's about like how stand up comedy changed society in America in the 70s or whatever. And yeah, you really look at the mindset of people then and what they were trying to accomplish and what they were trying to do. Well, the ones who broke out and the ones who are, you know, really respect. And they were trying to be the voice of the time. They were trying to speak for a generation that felt different to, you know, older people. And Dave is now one of those older people. And he is trying to, like, as I say, he makes some points. Like, I'm not like completely in disagreements with everything he said but at the same time it does just feel like he's on the wrong side of history with some of this shit and that sucks for someone like me who loves Dave Chappelle and wishes he hadn't gone this way but yeah man I guess we're all products of our time and products of the world around us and you know he admits to his own masculinity issues I guess although he doesn't necessarily call them that. And I know some of you will disagree. I know a lot of people will feel like, damn, that was an amazing show. And like, yeah, he really said it like it is. And he told the truth. But that's not how I see it, you know? So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see where Dave Chappelle goes as a comedian. But I do think it's a little sketchy to call yourself the goat or at least make references to people calling you the goat. And then you release multiple specials that aren't that funny like just genuinely compared to stuff that he's done in the past and compared to what other people are doing 
sorry man like that's just how like that's just where i'm at like with it that's how i feel like that's me as a critic you know like and i know like as as a comedian i'm nowhere near the level of dave Chappelle and could only hope to elicit the reactions that he does but at the same time i can have my fucking opinions you know i can i can watch stuff and go yeah not for me and that's kind of how I felt. Like, I feel like Bill Burr's Paper Tiger, like, probably did a better job of what Chappelle tried to do, like, in all four of his, like, specials for Netflix, basically. Um, yeah, I think Bill Burr did it better. He, you know, was transgressive and all of those things and made you reconsider leftist, you know, kind of ideas and, you know, just the way... Like the internet piles on people and censorship and PC culture and all those things, you know, which I'm open to having criticized. I'm open to having people make fucking jokes about them. I think there's genuine issues with a lot of leftist culture and with a lot of online culture. I just think that some of the jokes that Dave Chappelle makes are very outdated and not that funny. Cool. So that that's that. I spoke about that for a bit too long. And it's going to be awkward when, yeah, I get on stage after saying all of that. People are like, you're not as funny as Dave Chappelle. And we'll be like, yeah, that, that's fucking fair. Like, I, I know. But maybe one day I'll get there. Maybe one day I will, I will be in the conversation for the greatest of all time. I highly fucking doubt it. And that would be very, very stressful and not a life I want to live. But who knows? If I work hard enough, maybe, maybe I'll get, like, maybe I will, like, yeah get my dues but yeah I don't know like it's weird with stand-up comedy especially for me getting back on stage after having said so much shit about so many people especially in South African comedy like I've burned some bridges and at least I'm self-sufficient enough that like I can put on my own shows but I also know that getting on tv and on you know certain lineups and that. It's kind of useful, kind of important in terms of uh, career progression. And when you've spoken as much shit about John Flissman as I have, I wonder, I wonder, like just how good I'm going to have to get a comedy to be undeniable enough that uh, I still get booked despite uh, some of the shit talking that I have done over the years. Like I've like, yeah, like I'm not going to bring up everything, but I have genuinely taken on or at least giving shit to, like, half of the Pirmanati show. <laughs> no, not quite half. Three of them, essentially. And, like, I grew up watching the Pirmanati show, and I love the Pirmanati show dearly, and I love some of those comedians still to this day. But others was definitely, like, a... I don't even know, don't meet your heroes kind of situation, but just, like, don't learn about them. Like, don't, don't be a part of conversations about them. Don't find out what the realities of uh yeah <laughs> older comics really is and i think that's something that everyone kind of goes through and well not everyone i guess some people you know will always have respect for their elders and the people that came before them and i do i do i have respect for that in some ways but a lot of actions people have taken or things people have said or whatever you know don't vibe with me and I've said so at times, and we'll find out uh, soon enough just how that affects everything. But 
yeah, you know, make your bed, lie in it. And I'll do that. And as I say, like, hey, man, if I just work my fucking ass off at this thing and produce shows that are just incredibly funny, pretty certain it should work out. Like, that's that's the whole thing, right? Like, obviously, there's more to it than that. I've got to record it and let people see it and find ways to find your audiences and all of that. And I'm going to be starting a vlog, I think, probably. That's one of the ways I want to do that. I'm going to start a vlog about getting back into stand-up comedy. And it's going to be the, the It's Not the End of the World vlog. And yeah, we'll document getting back on stage. We'll document the rewriting, the trying different things. I'm going to chat to different comedians at gigs, find out how things have gone for them. And all of those sorts of things. Or at least that's how I'm imagining it in my mind. I still don't have it 100% down yet. Um still writing ideas down for that but yeah I'm, I'm keen to see if that's something I can do because I love the vlogs of wrestlers <laughs> like I've watched a few over the years for a long time now and it's a cool way to get to know people and see what things are like you know see what the industry is really like and I figure getting back into stand-up comedy in a city like Durban in a country like South Africa after a pandemic, I don't know, there's a, there's a story there, there's, there's some things, there might be some stuff that people might be interested in, and if I'm open, and I'm honest, and I'm entertaining, then maybe they'll share that thing, and more people will find out about me, and then more people will come to my shows, and then they'll laugh, and have a good time, and tell other people, and then more people will come to my shows, and they'll laugh, and they'll have a good time, and they'll tell other people, and yeah, eventually I'll have a comedy career. Or, you know, like, I'll just be performing to 10 people at <laughs> fucking run-down bars around Durban until I kill myself. You know, either or. It's uh, one, one or the other. Uh, don't worry, I'm not, I'm not going to kill myself, you know, just because, like, my comedy career didn't take off. Like, that's, yeah, it'll be for something much sillier than that. <laughs> you know sorry a little dark but i can joke about it now because i haven't really been feeling suicidal so shout outs to meditation shout outs to all of that uh what else do i have on my notes here um i think that's kind of it like yeah i've got more shirts so if you've been waiting to buy one if you've been waiting to get swagged the fuck out for only 150 rand well, hit me the fuck up. Uh, Bob at almostperfect.co.za is the best way to contact me just in general. Like, I'm, I'm barely on the socials these days. So just swing into my inbox like a professional, like a grown-up. Uh, swing in with uh, Bob at almostperfect.co.za and I'll sell you a t-shirt. I do have a courier company that I'm working with. Uh, so I can send you things anywhere in the country. It'll be 90 Rand to main city centers. I was doing 85 Rand, but I forgot about tax. And so ran a small loss there. But uh, yeah, so from here on, it's 90 Rand to any it's any major city center. And then 150 if you're in the Bundus, unfortunately. Like that's, yeah, I'm sorry. There's nothing I can do about that. I wish I could make it cheaper. I can't. But maybe, maybe you can also just wait till you're in Durban or... I'm touring in your little town because that there might be a thing. There might be a thing. Who knows? 
But either way, if you want to buy a t-shirt, barbadalmostperfect.co.za is the way to do so for now. I am, oh yeah, that was also something I was doing this week. Um, I'm learning WooCommerce, which is a plugin for WordPress where you can have an online store. So I'm busy trying to figure that out, how to make it integrated with the theme that I have currently. I don't know if that's possible. So we might be getting a whole redesign of uh, the almost perfect websites uh, just so we can have a store there. But we will see. We'll see how it goes, man. I'm, I'm just learning things. I'm just implementing things where I can and trying to figure it all out as I go along. That's very much why this is the Almost Perfect podcast. And I hope uh, you've enjoyed the journey so far. Thank you for joining it. Uh, coming along for the ride, hopping in and out. I know, I know you not. I know you haven't listened to every episode, and that's totally cool. I dig uh, when you when you join me for these little stretches, you know. So yeah, I guess I've got to shout out the titular titles tier. You know the deal over at patreon.com forward slash almost perfect. There is a tier. It is called the titular titles tier, and it is a ten dollar tier. Uh, this is a tier where you get to pick your title right here on the almost perfect podcast. And uh, I shout you out every single week, just as a way to say thank you very much. So shout outs to Kath Jenkin, who is the inevitable ruler of the universe and Queen Swifty. Shout outs to Karan Slemon, the almost perfect hedge fund manager. Shout outs to Tyron Love, the pantsless weasel. Shout outs to Neil Green, the key grip. Shout outs to Rousseau, who is our chief sales officer of subtle heresies in the greater Oberberg region. Shoutouts to Vishendra Naidu, who is our spiritual advisor. Shoutouts to Riz Ventura, who is the director of purchasing. Shoutouts to Julian, who is the king. Shoutouts to Karan Chetty, the assistant to the regional manager. And shoutouts to Stephen Olafia, who is the executive producer. And lastly, and leastly, shoutouts to our anonymous benefactor. Uh, that does bring us to the end of this bonus episode of the Almost Perfect Podcast. I I will make sure that next week you have something, some semblance of an interview to listen to. But for now, I just hope uh, you have a good week and I'll catch you on the flip side.